0: morning and welcome to the service. It's good to share in worship with you this morning, whether you're here in person or you're joining us online, you're very welcome. Uh, there's been some changes in the COVID restrictions, so we've been able to remove uh, the ropes off the pews, but we would ask that you please still um, keep one metre distancing from other households and uh, We still require to wear masks. With that in mind, um, we're about to start serving teas again and operate the minibus, but to do that, we will need um, more volunteers to help. Hopefully, both these things will be back up um, from next week. If you can help with the teas, if you could speak to uh, Elma Miller or the minibus, Margaret Stephen. We also uh, need more help with cleaning, if you could speak to Uh, Eleanor Dunsmore and if anybody could help with property matters then Shona would love to hear from you. If you don't know who any of these people are um, just speak to myself or Amanda and we'll point you in the right direction. Uh, The church is really dependent on volunteers so please do help if you can. The World Day of Prayer is on Friday the 3rd of March and it's uh, here in the Old Kirk, it's our our turn. Uh, We need volunteers to help with that as well. So please speak to Amanda or Charlene if you're able to help. And finally, um, I announced last week about the sad passing of John Matheson. John's funeral will be held here in the church on Wednesday the 16th of February at 1 o'clock. Uh, we will still need to take tests and protect details so the best thing to do is to contact um, to register your attendance beforehand because that makes it quicker for everybody thank you
1: Oops. Mask. well good morning everybody how are we all yeah well, I woke up this morning to a lovely winter wonderland up in Slaman and everything was very white and beautiful. Um, I didn't feel that way when I get into the car right enough and I had to drive through my drive and think how slushy is the, the road's going to be. But I'm here and I'm so happy to be here. So I think this morning it'd be nice if you could speak to those around you and just give a little bit of a brief of how you're feeling this morning. <laughs> That was lovely. I like all the waves. To those at the back, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll hand over to Amanda. <laughs>
0: <No? laughs> Sorry.
1: <laughs> we now uh, will have the call to worship. We're not sure who's doing the call to worship, but we're having the call to worship. Okay. <laughs> okay.
0: Yes, no, it's okay. i are doing the bits and
2: gold. I'm They're doing the bits Oh, gold. yes. Bits. Sorry, folks.
1: Uh, a bit like Laurel and Hardy up here, aren't we? Okay, let's have our call to worship. Who is this who enters the doors of our temple, who overturns the tables, strews silver and gold on the floor, frees the sacrificial doves from gilded cages? Listen. As they arise, the beating of their wings is a song of loud hosanna. the comes to of to Then let us open the doors of our hearts even wider, so he can cast out the thieves who would take what is sacred and tender, and turn it into hard as gold in a fist. May it be a garden that bears the fruits of a generous spirit. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. We'll now have our first hymn, How Lovely Is Thy Dwelling Place.
3: in the sun. Amém.
1: now come together in prayer God of the church you have raised us up to be your people ordinary people who can do great things in your name we thank you that you are the source of all wisdom and ultimate authority we thank you that we can always test what we hear and see in the world against your word we thank you that in life's found, that life's foundations is firm. When we look, when we fail, and we look to you, we find ourselves on shaky grounds and prone to making mistakes. But we give thanks to you that when we do make mistakes, you can help us to correct them. We thank you too that when we walk closely with you, our lives have integrity and meaning that can help bring ourselves and others into a closer relationship with you. What an impression you have made on our lives. Through faith, you continue to impress upon us the supreme wisdom of God, gracious and fair. Forgive us when our actions or our words don't marry with our calling. We pray that you help us to act with integrity at all times, Help us not to be pulled into the crowd when the crowd is one which disregards you and your word. Loving God, so often we can feel like the weakest link at work, at home and even in the church and we look at others who seem so strong, so sure and so wise. So we pray that we may know your strength in our challenging moments, your wisdom in our difficult and confusing moments, And may your truth be ever present in our hearts, assuring us of your love and grace. We thank you for the gift of scripture, scripture that draws us back to you, to your strength, your wisdom and your truth, which renews our confidence and gladdens our hearts. We offer these prayers to you. We offer these our prayers to you, our gracious God. Amen. So now we're wondering, it's news time, and who has any news for us this morning? Oops. I'm so happy that you've got news. Tell
0: me. On Wednesday, I got new glasses. you got, and they are
1: absolutely beautiful. Do you want to stand up and let everybody see them? They are gorgeous. Oh, they've got love. Oh, this love hearts. No, it's dots, spots.
0: Very beautiful. Why did you get new glasses? Why didn't we get oh. Mommy. <laughs> Tell us why. Because um, on the Tuesday I was doing my maths, but my teacher had printed out the, the numbers really, really small, so I could. It was hard for me to read them. So I went like that, and then the leg of my glasses came off. The leg of your glasses came off.
1: I'm going to admit that I had to do a big presentation at work and I stood on my glasses that morning and I had to do the whole presentation just with one leg and I kept trying to turn to that side when I was speaking to people so that
0: they couldn't see that side. My
4: teachers
0: sellotaped them up but they
4: kept
0: on breaking off. Your teacher's
1: wise. (laughs) Has anybody else got any news for us? No. Am I going to have to come with that mother's finger again that I told you about? No? Oh.
0: Kind of What's Hannah? What's your name?
1: Oh, she's going to tell Mummy first and then Mummy's going to tell me.
0: Oh. Hannah had a French cafe at school this week Ooh. where they had to do all their ordering in French. Ooh la la. Was it quoi was it songs you had? Quatons. Oh, not,
1: not really Lovely. Yeah, not fair. And did you enjoy it? Yeah. Was there jam and cream? No, just croissants. Mm-hmm. Lovely. <laughs> Okie dokie. Nobody else. I'm so glad you've come girls us in the morning, especially in the days when it's Manu's time. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
5: time to to you.
2: <laughs> Oh, and I'm on. Good morning, everybody. So, oh, sorry. Um, I'm still on. So this morning, I'm going to get uh, Robbie to put the first picture up on the screen. This morning, we're moving on in John's Gospel, and we're thinking about what comes next. And in John's Gospel, that's where Jesus cleanses the temple and drives out those, I'm in the wrong place, say, eh? well, I stand over, where's the best place to stand that's not gonna whistle with microphones? Can you see me if I stand over here, is that better? I'm not in the sun, no. Some people are nodding, some people are shaking their heads. There's not really any good place to stand this morning, is there, I'm not gonna complain about the sun because it's lovely. Uh, What about if I stand over here? Is that any better? A wee bit better. Right. I think some of you are just sitting in a bad spot, basically. (laughs) So in John's Gospel, it moves on very quickly to Jesus cleansing the temple. So this morning I want you to think. I want you to imagine you're there in the temple courts. It is Passover, and so it's really busy. There's lots of people, but at Passover the people are required to give a sacrifice, And so they go to the temple and they have to change their money that they go with to make their offering into this sacrificial animal, either a, a goat or a lamb or a dove, depending on how much money they've got. And so the, the temple courts are just a throng of people, you know, um, Prince's Street pre-COVID on a Saturday afternoon or... Um, <clears throat> Sucky Hall Street, if you're from the West, on a Saturday afternoon. I used to hate going to Sucky Hall Street as a wee girl and everybody, you just felt as though you were being crushed. Um, being a Glaswegian, that was where we went. So imagine the scene and then suddenly you're aware of this kerfuffle. Something's happening. Money's getting scattered. Somebody's shouting, waving a whip in this case in John's Gospel, and driving out the animals. What do you think? So you're there in the crowd. What do you think? Have a chat with your neighbour, first of all. What do you think? How do you feel? What's the thoughts that are going through your head? What are the words that are on your lips? What do you think? Are you annoyed at what this person's doing and spoiling the atmosphere, spoiling your opportunity to go and worship? Are you wondering what's happening? Or are you, are you joining them? Do you think it's wrong as well and, and you're joining in? Have a talk about it with your neighbour. wrong answers. Oh, sorry, there's no right or wrong answers. That's obviously a hard one. It's too quiet in here. Right, let's see what you think then. Let's see to pick on you. Don't need my specs. Ruth, what do you think? How would you feel? What would be going through your head?
0: I would be scared and also saying that a miracle has happened.
2: So you'd be scared? Yeah, because actually if it was a big kinda of rowdy crowd it would be quite frightening, wouldn't it? And you'd be one you'd be thinking as well that something something Exciting was happening, yeah. maybe a miracle or something. Okay, anything else,
6: Moira? Maybe there's a fight being started.
2: Yep, there'd be maybe a fight somewhere. Thing. What's your initial thought there? Then get out the way. Yep. Anybody else? Well, I've got you thinking this morning, eh? You're not. You're not ready to share yet, Diane.
0: thinking it seems wrong to me that they were changing money in the temple but if you were used to going there and that's what had always happened then you might wonder what the fuss was about
2: yeah Mm. yeah so if it was something that you were used to even if it's not maybe right in and of itself but if it's something that's always been done that way with i done it that way you might wonder what the fuss is you get your hand up shona I think it's Hannah that has, because she says that she would be scared that she was going to die. Right, okay, so you would be scared as well, Hannah, yeah? It would, it would be pretty scary. To me, it sounds like a football match. <laughs> I know, eh? All that cheering and shouting. Anybody else? Any more thoughts? Oh, I'll let you off. Is that a sigh of relief? Yeah, so lots of different thoughts and feelings going around questions in our minds what's going on you know what is it you can't maybe not able to see it like moira said you might think um it's a fight and your initial kind of reaction is to get away from that as diane said it might be that you know if you can actually see what's happening you might be wondering what all the fuss is about because actually we've always done it this way this is what we do lots of different thoughts and feelings Um, and emotions probably charging through everybody. And the same would have been the case in Jesus' day. All of those thoughts and feelings and emotions that were running through us as we thought about it and questions would have been in the minds and the thoughts uh, and the tongues of the people who were there at the time. But let's hear in God's word uh, the account for us from John's Gospel, and it's Margaret who's reading today.
6: Oh, if I'm shaking, it's not excitement, it's cold. (sighs) Today's reading is from John chapter 2, verses 12 to 25. After this, they went down to Capernaum with his mother and brothers and his disciples. There they stayed for a few days. Jesus clears the temple courts. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found people Selling cattle, sheep and doves, and others sitting at tables exchanging money. So he made a whip of cords and drove all from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those who sold doves he said, get these out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. His disciples remembered that it is written, Zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then responded to him, What sign can you show us to prove your authority in all this? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and I will raise it again in three days. They replied, it has taken 46 years to build this temple, and you are going to raise it in three days. But the temple he had spoken of was his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said. Then they believed the scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. Now, while he was in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, many people saw the signs he was performing and believed in his name. But Jesus would not entrust himself to them, for he knew all people. He did not need any testimony about mankind, for he knew what was in each person. Amen. May God add his blessing to this reading of his holy word. Margaret.
2: It's a story that I'm pretty sure all of us are familiar with. Jesus goes up to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover, the most important of the Jewish festivals. And while he's in the temple courts, surrounded by all of the noise and the bustle of people buying and selling the animals and birds required for the sacrifice, something happens. We don't know if something happens to anger Jesus specifically or if he went to the temple courts with the intent to do what he did. But according to John, Jesus makes a whip out of cords and drives out the animals, the cattle and the sheep. Then he walks across to those who change the money for those coming to worship. And he skites their corn, it coins. He overturns the tables. And you would hear the money falling on the, the flagstones on the floor of the temple. He turns to those selling the doves. And tells them to get them out of the place. With the words, how dare you turn my father's house into a market. It's an angry scene. That's kind of what we've taken from it, even just in the the conversation that we were having earlier. There would be an element of fear and uh, our awarenesses would be heightened. Our awareness would be heightened and things like that. Our anxiety would be heightened if we were there but it's more likely a symbolic act rather than one of anger. It's often one of the passages focused on during Holy Week, although on those occasions it's usually the reading from Matthew's gospel or Mark's gospel that's used, because they both include the occasion of Jesus clearing the temple towards the end of their gospels in that final week of Jesus' life. And yet here in John's gospel, this particular event comes right at the beginning. Right at the very beginning, after the wedding at Cana. Did John get mixed up? No. Remember right back at the start a few weeks ago, I said that John is writing this gospel in a different way from Matthew, Mark and Luke. He's not just going through Jesus' ministry as it happened in chronological order, saying what happened from one day to the next over the three period of Jesus' teaching. Instead, John looks at the big picture. He takes the whole of those three years of Jesus' ministry and he wants to paint a particular picture and give a particular message. And so he picks the events that he wants to use Carefully, and John picks this event and places it right at the very beginning of the gospel, and accounts it or recounts it slightly differently from Matthew and Mark. John's is the only account which mentions the whip, and John's is the only account which, in the account of Jesus being in the temple in this occasion and overturning the the tables. This, for John, is where Jesus is asked by the authorities, the temple authorities, by whose authority is he doing this? And John's gospel is the only one that goes on to then draw parallels between what Jesus says here and his death. Why? Well, right from the very beginning of John's gospel, John wants us to to see how Jesus clashes with the religious elite and John is creating a picture, building up the evidence, giving witness to what he wants us to believe. That which was stated at the very beginning of his Gospel, that Jesus is the Christ, the Holy One of God. And the clues are there in our reading today if we hear the things that Jesus says as he drives everyone out, Jesus doesn't just refer to the temple as a temple. He doesn't say, get out of the temple, you've no right to be here. He chooses his words carefully. According to John, Jesus says, leave my father's house. And so Jesus there is asserting this really close relationship between himself and the father. It's a particularly Johannine phrase John uses it a lot in John's gospel Jesus uses the phrase my father no less than 25 times in the 21 chapters it signifies Jesus singular identity as God's son and draws attention to the uniqueness of the relationship between Jesus and God that of son and father It's also this distinctive relationship as God's son that gives Jesus the authority to do what he's doing. In the second part of the reading, though, John probes deeper. There's more he wants to shed light on. John draws out how Jesus uses the temple as a metaphor, as a symbol of himself. As the authorities question Jesus, about his authority, Jesus says, Jesus reveals that the destruction and rebuilding of the temple is itself a metaphor for his own death and resurrection. And John tells us that he, Jesus, was speaking of the temple of his body. For John's early Jewish readers, this would have been a really evocative image Jewish people and the temple were intrinsically linked. It was part of their identity as Jews. The original temple was destroyed by Babylonians when they came to carry the the Israelites off into exile in Babylon in 586 BC. And it was then rebuilt by Nehemiah and others after the people returned from that exile. It was extended by Herod the Great, but was destroyed again after Jesus' death in A.D. 70 by the Romans, after a Jewish rebellion. And it's likely that John's readers would have been aware of that event of the temple's destruction. And so this idea of the temple is an important one. John has already highlighted for us this link between Jesus and the temple. It's not new in the second chapter of John. It's already been hinted at in the first chapter. If you remember in the first week when we thought about the word becoming flesh and making its dwelling among us, and I said that the Hebrew word that had been used there for dwelling is actually the same word that's used for pitching his tent And so the word had quite literally taken on flesh. The divine word had taken on flesh and had pitched his tent in the midst of the people. Calling to mind that wonderful picture of the tent of meeting, the tabernacle, which had preceded the temple. Israel had used the tent Of meeting or the tabernacle during its time in the wilderness. And that's where Israel believed the glory of God dwelt. There are accounts in Exodus of of Moses going to meet God in the tent and coming out in his face, radiating with light, having been in God's presence. That tent was where God's presence dwelled in the midst of his people. And when David and then Solomon built the temple, that was where the glory of God then dwelt. The people had become settled in the land of promise by that time. Jerusalem had been established as the city, and the temple was a symbol that God still dwelt in the midst of his people, a saving, life-giving presence. And so John takes this image of temple as where God dwells and takes it further here in this passage that we read. Because for John, Jesus is now where the glory of God dwells. That's why he says in chapter one, the word took on flesh and made his dwelling among us. Jesus is now where God is, where the glory of God is on display bringing salvation and life through his death and resurrection. Throughout this gospel and in our reading today, then John is painting a picture, bringing into focus the question, who is this person, Jesus? And answering it. Because John is showing Jesus as the son of God, the one in whom God's glory dwells. Paul, in his writings, takes this further. don't know if you remember, in the first week I said that um, one of the commentaries that I had been reading suggested that John's Gospel might have been written and used for the church in Ephesus, the church, one of the churches that Paul went to visit. And I wonder if that's where this idea then that Paul develops comes from of the temple, Because eh, Paul takes this idea of Jesus as a temple further and in 1 Corinthians 3 he says we are God's building going on in verse 16 to say don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you. And so if I look at me and if you look at you there will be things in each of our lives that stop that glory shining out as brightly as it might. There are resentments and behaviours, feelings, old outdated beliefs about ourselves that have no place in our lives now that we are God's precious children. if we truly believe that we are made whole by Jesus, that we are redeemed by that saving act on the cross of the man who was God's son, in whom God's glory dwelt, then God is at work in our lives. God longs to take up residence in us and to let his glory shine out of us. But I know for me, there are things in my life that stop that shining brightly. And so I wonder if there are areas of all of our lives that perhaps need a bit of a clear out. Old hurts and resentments that need to go so that peace might slip in. Or maybe there are still some areas of our lives where we and God still wrestle over who is in control. Perhaps trusting God is difficult. Whatever it is, why not spend some time in prayer with Jesus, asking him clear out the temple of our lives, the temple of our heart, of our mind, so that he might fully dwell within us, so that all might see his glory. Let's pray. Father, in the silence, an uncomfortable silence, maybe, we ask you to sift through the areas of our mind, the corners of our hearts, which still need to be aired and cleared of the things which rest there. Old hearts which damage our relationships. Old ways of being which impact on the decisions that we make in our day-to-day lives. Strengthen us, Lord. Give us courage that together with you we might look deep into ourselves and allow you to unhook the things which bind us, so that we might grow in our relationship with you and in our relationships with one another, so that we might learn just what it means to fully trust you with all of the areas of our lives. Lord, may we put our lives, our wills, everything into your hands that you may do with us what you will. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing again. The Lord's my shepherd. The
3: Lord's my shepherd I'll not want He makes me lie In pastures green He leads me by the still, still waters His goodness restores my soul. And I will trust, I will in, trust, you. I will trust in you, trust in and I will trust. we <laughs>
2: I'm going to invite Eric now with our prayers for others.
4: Let's come together in our prayers for others. Let's pray. Both here and abroad, we remember this morning all who are suffering in the world at this time for those in Tonga, who last week were hit by an earthquake, just weeks after the the volcano eruption and tsunami, which devastated their islands. We pray for those who lost homes and possessions, for those who lost families, relatives, and friends. Heal and comfort them at this difficult time and help them as they move forward, recovering their lives. We pray for those in Afghanistan who are without food. We see disturbing pictures of mothers devastated as they watch their children suffering and dying through malnutrition and lack of medicines. We pray that the Taliban will allow aid being offered by other countries to reach those who need it so much. We pray for those who feel lost, those who are hurting through loneliness illness and bereavement send your comfort your peace and calming presence to each one of them and encourage others to reach out to them to offer help and support as we remember the passing of john matheson we give thanks for his long life here on earth and for his faithful service to you lord and to this church as a committed elder and member of the choir we pray for Morna and Maureen and the families here and in other parts of the country and David in New Zealand. Comfort them at this sad time and in the days and weeks to come. And we remember another of our members, Annette Kelly, whose husband Peter's funeral was held yesterday. We pray for Annette and the family at this time and ask that you give them your comfort too. We pray for those who are ill at home, in hospital and in care homes, especially those who are known to us and in our own congregation. We pray too for those who are waiting on test results or treatment. Let them feel your caring presence at these worrying times. And we pray too for those who worry about increasing bills and whether they will be able to heat their homes and put food on the table. We ask that you guide and encourage politicians in their decision-making, which will help those in need. We give thanks for those who provide for the needy through the food pantry and storehouse here in our own town. Give those involved encouragement and strength to carry on this work. And we pray for peace in the world, especially during the tensions between Russia and the Ukraine. Reach out to their leaders, and other world leaders and politicians, that they may hear your message of love for one another and to put that love into practice so that they can help and support each other, bringing hope for a united world. And for those now discussing the way forward with the union of the churches here in our town, intervene and guide and encourage them to make the right decisions soon so that we can begin build to build a new church in Boness. We ask you to hear this, our prayers in Jesus' name, who taught us how to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thanks,
2: Eric. We come to the end of our service and let's stand together and sing Love Divine. Saviour and allow him to shape you and form you, to finish that new creation within you and to let his light shine without. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit rest upon you and remain with you and with all those whom you love today and forevermore. Amen.
5: Sun and moon but before his throne praise him for all he is worth. for his arm is mighty and his love will endure his plan is perfect his victory is sure and his anger is righteous but his grace is free oh what a saviour is he oh what a saviour is he. Fill all your needs. Seek his wisdom, attend his words, follow wherever he leads. For his arm is mighty and his love will endure. His plan is perfect, his victory is sure. His anger is righteous, but his grace is free. God is righteous but his grace is free Oh what a savior is he Oh what a savior